This is Express FM. Supported by City of Portsmouth College. We are passionately Pompey. It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. What a goal! What a pass! A wonderful strike! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. When you come from Portsmouth and live in Portsmouth, you grow up wanting to play for Portsmouth. If I can lead the boys to success and lead the team out, that would be a real dream come true. Action and reaction. Such a massive club. I'm so, so happy to be a part of this, this journey and hopefully get this club to the next level and where it wants to be. Giving Pompey fans a voice. That's what makes this football club so special is the fans. I'm not a Portsmouth fan, but I'm an adopted one now. I love this football club. This is the Football Hour. Fans' interest in this division peaked a lot long time ago and it's stagnating. We've got to get out of this division and into the Championship. After nine league games so far this season, can the Blues make it to the end of ten with their unbeaten record still intact? Well, they'll certainly look to use last week's comeback victory over Lincoln as momentum heading into their next challenge. First time cross, decent one to the far post, ball into the net! He seemed to hang in the air forever eventually the ball met his forehead. We'll be discussing all things Portsmouth Football Club on the show this evening, including a preview of tomorrow's meeting with Wigan Athletic. And we'll hear from Blues midfielder Joe Morrell. He's been talking to us about the kind of player he is and how he's reluctant to back down on his style of play. I can't lose the edge to my game. You know, I have to be intense. I have to be horrible for opposition players to play against. My biggest nightmare is for an opposition player to say to someone, I love playing against him. That is my worst fear in football. A great interview with the Welsh international to come between now and seven. Between such time, we'd also love to hear from you back home. Who would you like to see line up at the DW Stadium? What do you think the score will be? And who has been your standout player of the season so far? Get in touch, text your name and message, starting with the word express to 81400. Email sport at expressfm.com. Tweet using at expressfm or find us over at facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Well, happy Friday and welcome along to 93.7 Express FM. You're listening to the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Well, a very good evening and welcome to yet another instalment of the Football Hour here on Express FM, which is brought to you as ever by our good friends over at Stagecoach across the South. Visit stagecoachbus.com to find out more information on the services they can provide you and, of course, what they are doing to make their transportation services cleaner and greener, not just in Portsmouth, but across the wider community, the South Coast, through Hampshire and nationwide as well. We've got plenty of great content coming up here on the Football Hour between now and 7 o'clock. We've got special guests as well. An interview with Joe Morrell to come in part two of this evening's show. We're going to review a bit about what's happened, of course, throughout the entire campaign so far for the Blues. Nine league games played. They are currently top of the League One standings. And later on, we're going to come on to preview the next match. We're going to athletic away at the DW Stadium tomorrow afternoon. But before we get into any of the final details, let's waste no more time and head straight straight into it. Let's remind ourselves of exactly how John Messino's side made it 20 league games unbeaten with a victory over Lincoln City at Fratton Park last weekend. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shoot scores! 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He scored! This is... You want to believe it! Pompey Live. Sunshine is glorious at Fratton Park and it's great you're with us and we'll be hoping to call a Portsmouth victory this afternoon. Oh, Sparks gives it away and there's a chance for a delicate if he gets the right ball. Oh, and he scored! Borrowed a deflection. 
Hakeem Adelikan, his first of the season. Got a bit of luck with the ball back off Shocknessy, but the error from Sparks is punished. And inside the opening five minutes, it's Portsmouth, they'll Lincoln City one. Looking to get Kamara in. Kamara will get there. Cross in the middle, loose in the penalty area, and Robinson misses his kick. And it's going to be cleared away. That was a decent chance to level it up. Kamara gets it in the Lincoln area. There's a chance for Robinson, keeps it moving. Lane on his left foot, deflected, and into the net. And Paddy Lane scores for the second game running. It needed a deflection to meet the goalkeeper, but he got his shot away. He got his fortune. And Porter have levelled things up. Porter's won, Lincoln won. First time cross, decent one to the far post. Ball into the net. And Regan Paul scores against his former club. He seemed to hang in the air forever. And eventually the ball met his forehead. Jensen had come and missed it. And Paul wasn't going to miss from there. First half stop and sign, Porter 2, Lincoln 1. Half time whistle is blown by Paul Howard, the referee. Pompey with 387 passes to Lincoln's 125 and 76% possession in that first half. Robertson tries to keep the ball moving, looks for Lane in the box. Lane around the outside, shoots, save, still there for Lane, standing up in the middle, good defending and behind for a corner. Stood up to the far post, heads go up, Lincoln win the first one, bouncing around, Pack's going to hit it and put it over the bar. Morell tries to close the cross down, can't do so, Norris comes, drops it, loose ball, Norris is still going, and then he's dropped it again, and a chance, he's blocked it again, and Adjuran gets it away, and now Portsmouth try and counter-attack. Everyone back to do some defending, Hamilton with a late run, it's a decent delivery to the far post, the nodder down, and it's half cleared and they're volleyed over the bar, and Adam Jackson with a glorious chance to level and he gets it all wrong, game is over at Bratton Park. Portsmouth have won. They've beaten Lincoln City two goals to one. They stay unbeaten. They stay top of the league. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. That was how Pompey extended their unbeaten league run to 20 matches and maintained their lead at the top of the Skybet League One table. The Blues are now one point clear of Oxford United in second. Delighted to say joining us on the show tonight to discuss all Pompey matters until 7 o'clock, we have Mr Mark Coates from the audio description commentary team at Fratton Park. Mark, a very good evening and thanks for coming in to be with us this one. Absolute pleasure, Jake, especially at the moment. What an absolute honour. It is going very, very well at the moment, Mark. We just mentioned a couple of stats there. Pompey on a 20-game unbeaten run in the league, stretching all the way back to March, of course. Nine games played this season in League One, still unbeaten, top of the table, one-point gap at the top of the tree to Oxford United in second, who, albeit, yes, they do have a game in hand, but what a fantastic position it, it is to be in that in, in that place right now, Mark. Oh, 100%. We've got to live it up, Pompey fans. Live it up, top of the league, 20-match unbeaten run. Um, and, and we don't know what's going to happen next at Wigan. I know we'll come on and talk about that later, but forget about that for now. I think um, it was Messina after... Um, I forgot which game it was now. I think we won 3-1 against Peterborough, that's right. And he was telling um, telling the press that he thought uh, the players should enjoy the moment. And I think the fans have got to do the same. Uh, great time to be alive. And alongside the both of us, we have the Avid Blues supporter Pepe Lacey. Pepe, great to have you back on, mate. 
Thank you very much, Jake. It's a pleasure as always. And uh, Pepe, I'm glad the show is six till seven. Unfortunately, I can't make Wigan away tomorrow. Um, I've got fatherly duties. It's my daughter's first birthday, <laughs> so I'd be it'd be remiss of me to miss that one. But you're you're getting up nice and early tomorrow morning for the trip to the DWB. Can't wait. Oh, so excited. <laughs> um, no, honestly, it's it'll be a good day out. I unfortunately missed Derby and Barnsley, um, two probably the best away games of the season. So I'm making it. The long journey up with our very good friend Tom from Fauna written all over it. We're, we'll be heading up, heading up to Wigan tomorrow. Uh, fingers crossed for three points. <laughs> that's all. I'm, that's all I'm asking for. Yeah, absolutely. And could that be an omen, Pepe? You're travelling up with Mr. Fornil written all over it himself. I mean, oh. it's a it's a tough ask, isn't it? But uh, look, we're going to come on to preview Wigan a little later on. But whilst we're on the subject of it, they've had a very mixed start to the season. This game tomorrow could go anyway. Yeah, yeah, it really could. It, Pompey, I hate talking about Pompey. It's, it's one moment, we're, at the moment we're flying. Um, don't get me wrong, but then again, you've also got to realise it is Pompey. We've got to be, we've got to be sensible. We've got, we've been in this situation before. Wigan, yes, they're down there because of, um, because of their points, multiple points deductions, but they have got a very good side. Mm. Um, I think they beat Bolton. Did they? Have they beaten Bolton earlier this season? I can't remember. Off the top of my head, yeah, but, four, um, four nil, four yeah, nil. Yeah, so they they can beat teams up here. Yeah. Um, so it's not going to be any easy game, like John Messino says. And um, yeah, don't write Wigan off. No. But if Pompey can come away with at least a point, then it'll be a good afternoon for them. Four nil winners over Bolton this season. Wigan Athletic, but also defeated four one. Um, on Saturday, just gone to Bristol Rovers. So yeah, one of those one of those teams at the moment, especially with their points deduction. If they didn't have that, they'd be mid-table. But um, you just don't know what kind of result they get. From, they're going to get from one week to another. But more on the Latics in the later stages of this evening's show. Mark, rewinding back to Saturday, Lincoln City at home, a two-one victory. That's now nine games unbeaten in the league for Pompey this season. Playing with that swagger and that confidence, and yeah, okay. Last what whilst last weekend maybe wasn't the most sort of pretty of victories we've seen so far this season. Was it to you an example of what good teams in in this league can do? It is not necessarily all about blowing the opposition away. Sometimes you need to dig deep and get those wins, and that's exactly what Pompey did against Lincoln. Yeah, I think unless I'm much mistaken, it's the first time I've had three uh, games on the trot that were all first team games, um, all in the league, uh, and and they managed to get results from the lot. And and, and they did look. I'm, I'm going to put this question back to you a little bit here, Jay. So apologies, <laughs> that, but but I thought you know I think that's the first time that they've had to do that, and so it's quite reasonable to say they were a little bit tired. I don't know what you thought. You were up there. Yeah, I mean, Pepe, I think Mark raises a very good point there. And, and yes, certainly it was the first time this season Pompey have played three back-to-back league fixtures. Of course, going to Derby away, getting the point. Barnsley away, three points there. Win over Lincoln City to back those two matches up. Seven points out of a possible nine heading into Lincoln, looking to continue that unbeaten run. But yes, going back to Saturday, Pepe, do you think that after a very strenuous week, that was the third game in the space of seven days after two tough trips to Pride Park, to Oakwell? Did you see a little bit of fatigue, a little bit of tiredness from the side? Yeah, yeah, and that, I think that was expected um, coming into the game. Pompey were never going to be at it um, for the full 90. That was understandable, going to Derby, going to Barnsley, and then putting that dominant first-off display at Barnsley as well. Um, and obviously, the, other than that freak 
Lincoln goal at the start, they pretty much controlled the first half, in my opinion. And again, there was nice, expansive football. And you're really starting to see signs of John Messina implementing his style of play. And it's getting more and more as the season's going on. We're really starting to see how that turns out. Marlon Pack could have scored early in the second half. That could have put the game to bed at 3-1. But teams are always going to come at you when it, when there's only a goal difference. And then we started to see Lincoln do that. Pompey were fatiguing. Uh, Lincoln was starting to come at Pompey. Will, um, Will Norris made a fantastic save at the end, yeah. didn't he? And then obviously eight minutes of added time. So it was going to be expected, especially with a 2-1, a 2-1 um, scoreline. The, the opposition is always going to come at you in the final 20, regardless if you're fatigued. Um, but Pompey held their own, like they did at Barnsley. And... Again, it was another, another impressive performance. I think, and that if we're we're starting to see Pompey do this consistently now, a point at Derby, three points at Barnsley, uh, three points on the weekend, and as well as Peterborough mm. at the start of the month, mm. that was a dominant display as well against another potentially mm. promotion rival. So, Pompey September was always going to be a hard month, and so far they're doing really well and they're holding their own, and now they're top of the league as well. Certainly surprised a few, Mark, and sort of on the back of what Pepe's been you know, speaking about there, Pompey are top of the league. We, we've been in this position in September before on, on a couple of occasions in League One, and we all know how them campaigns have ended out. So we all know not to maybe jump the gun and get too excited. Yes, it's fantastic to be in this position and enjoy it while we can. But the difference, as Pepe's alluded to there, Mark, is that this season, Pompey are getting the results against good sides. Peterborough. Okay, a point at Derby, a win over Barnsley as well. These are games in previous campaigns that maybe the Blues would have surrendered to and, and, and maybe capitulated in. This is a different Pompey side. And, and are, are you surprised, Mark, that this animal that John Messina has created has come from someone with so such little experience in management? Well, maybe you have to take your hat off and say well done to um, to the Eisners, to Andy Cullen, to to the team that actually interviewed and took that took that chance. Because just as there'd be a chance in in paying Wilder or someone big bucks and uh, getting him in and then hoping he did the business, there's you know their their reputations were at stake. They're already under lots of criticism because they've poured money into the infrastructure. They want um, Pompey to cut their own cloth and. They're not spending money uh, on big players, which is kind of the easy, if expensive and short term, um, you know, way to get success. Um, so I, I think we need to I think we need to give some credit because it looks like he's providing all the other things we need on that checklist. So to, to answer what, you know, answer your question and uh, respond to what Pepe was saying. Uh, yeah, we can play. We've got some great players in every single position now. And I think it's the first time I've, I've really seen that since we won League Two. Um and good enough players to, to go up and probably hold their own in the championship. But on the dark days, when you are tired, and there's going to be more and more of them as we go through winter, uh, and you've had three games in a week, and two of them are away in fong, far-flung corners of the uh, the country, you need to show resilience and game management. And that is what Mazzino seems to be providing. And the evidence is there, and we just need that evidence to stack up, and he, that he can do that you know, right the way through these, uh, uh, these tough times. Um, and 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 how dare I say it? Touch wood, we could be going up. <laughs> Fingers crossed, Mark. Um, okay, sort of going back to the season so far, and, and you mentioned Pepe to get through the September period still un- unscathed with one match to go. Uh, Wigan away tomorrow afternoon. Um, Pompey have managed to get through this not only against real quality sides, or ones we expect to be up there at the end of the campaign, yes, in Peterborough, Derby and Barnsley, but also with, with injuries added to the mix as well. This isn't a Pompey side that have 
got no one injured and everything's going right for them. John Messino has still faced a lot of challenges over the you know last few weeks and and still become a way result. So that I'm sure as well shows a, a, a great testament to you know what what John Messino is trying to mould even with these obstacles, but also the team to get through that on a mentality scale as well. Exactly. If you if you rewind 12 months, um, Pompey were in the same similar sort of position. They're up there unbeaten in the last nine, and then the injuries hit. The injuries have hit Pompey earlier this season and to some key players as well. Kuseni Yenge after the start he had. Anthony Scully came in. High expectations. He's now out for the remainder of the year. Uh, Christian Sadie, the couple of games before he was um, before he was ruled out injured, he was fantastic in that number 10 role. Um, and then add suspensions to that. Rafti missed three games. Joe Morrell has uh, been suspended as well. But Pompey, with their depth, have been able to, have been able to pull through, which... Rewind 12 months, they didn't do that. That's where the beginning of the end really happened for Danny Cowley. He didn't have... Uh, the squad wasn't de- uh, deep enough. There wasn't enough depth in that squad. And then we really saw people that you really didn't want to rely on yeah. having to come having to come forward. I mean, you look at the bench nowadays, Pepe, even oh. with players injured, you, you've got a full, yeah. fully And fit. even then, with the, <laughs> with the substitutes bench, there's still players. Yeah. Ben Stevenson can't even get a look in. No. And... When he's played, he's been he's looked solid in the centre of midfield in the cup games, and he's not even getting a look in sometimes. Um, you've also then sometimes Sparks misses out, sometimes Swanson misses out, Raggett, Towler. There, there's some real depth in this squad, and to see players get minutes as well because we saw Raggett and Towler both come on um, last weekend. They're getting minutes, and they're all staying united, and that's one thing John Messino pinpointed was because they've got such a big squad, they need to stay united and do it together, and we're seeing that, and that's it's a good thing to see as a Pompey fan because we 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 haven't seen much quality depth, um, strength and depth for a few years, and now it's finally happening. We're finally seeing those fruits being rewarded. Pepe, thank you. Right, it is time now for a very quick break here on Express FM. And when we return, we're going to hear a very interesting interview between Matt Drabble and Joe Morrell, who believes this squad is better equipped this season compared to previous campaigns, but knows there is a lot of hard work to do between now and the end of this season to retain their position at the top of the League One table. We're not settling for this now. I think we don't want to let this start go to waste, which is what we did last year. We undid all of our good work at the start of the season in the middle of the season. And um, under no illusions that that's going to be the case this year. I think we're in a better place this year to, to deal with adversity. When we return, we'll hear that interview and more from Mark and Pepe, as well as hopefully you back home too. If you'd like to get in touch, simply text EXPRESS, followed by your name and message to 81400. Email sport at expressfm.com. Otherwise, you can include at expressfm on Twitter. Find us over at facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live or download and get in touch via the all new ExpressFM app. Stay right where you are and don't move a muscle. The Football Hour will be right back after this short break. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. The world is your oyster. With many bus routes offering services late into the evening, from 7pm every day you can take advantage of a night Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South. So whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, on a late shift or just enjoying late night bus rides, visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. This is the Football Hour. 
on Express FM. Good evening and welcome back along to tonight's edition of the Football Hour, which is brought to you this season by Stagecoach Across the South, providing affordable and reliable transport across the South Coast and Hampshire with a minimum of fuss. For more information, head on over to stagecoachbus.com. Uh, Mark Coates and Pepe Lacey alongside us this evening to talk all things Pompey and, of course, later on, preview in a bit more detail their trip to Wigan Athletic this weekend match day number 10 for the Blues in the league this season who remain top of the tree and still unbeaten can they extend but unbeaten run to 21 league matches from of course this tail end of last season as well, well come to preview that game shortly do get in touch with your score predictions Blues fans back home we'd love to hear them and we'll read them out a little later on in tonight's show. Um, Pepe, we were talking before the break in, sort of in regards to adversity and, and how John Bacino has had to cope with injuries in the squad lately. But one thing as well, which Mark alluded to very briefly, was suspensions as, as well. Um, Joe Morrell, the, the recipient of a red card already this season. Joe Rafferty, a straight red, uh, following a, a tussle in the centre of a pitch against Stevenage at the end of August. That was a, a three-match EFL uh, ban, which of course covered the Peterborough game in the Carabao Cup too, which is quite fortunate for Pompey. Um, but getting through that kind of phase, you mentioned in part one about Ben Stevenson not even being able to get a look in. That has allowed the likes of Alex Robertson, who's on loan from Manchester City, to maybe get a few more starts. Yes, Joe Morella's now back into the team and now Alex Robertson's playing a little bit further forward. I just want to talk about these suspensions and how it's now moulded this Pompey team. John Bacino has been, yes, forced into a few of these changes, which has now allowed Marlon Pack to sit next to Joe Morrell with Alex Robert, uh, Alex Robertson just a little bit further forward. What do you make of that trio and the, the partnership they've created so far over the last few weeks? Well, I think in particular, Joe Morrell and Marlon Pack, you look at them, they should realistically be, be playing in the championship. Okay, Marlon Pack, okay, I don't know how old he is, 32, 31, 32. So... Okay, yeah, but he's got plenty of championship experience. Joe Murrow, Welsh international, uh, occasionally starts for Wales. And you're, you're looking at those two as your starting partnership in League One. That's a great midfield duo. Add Alex Robertson into the fray. Um, he, every time I watch him, he just seems to get, be getting more and more confident. On the ball on, on Saturday, he was moving the ball about, doing skills, nutmegging people. And just have that young bit of fresh air into the team um, on with two very experienced um, championship quality players yeah. uh, behind him uh, sort of allows him to free himself in a way. And, and we're slowly starting to see the best of Alex Robertson. Um, uh, is this his first? Like, it's his first loan, isn't it? Away from. He spent some time in Scotland, in Scotland Ross County. Yeah. Didn't quite. His first well, EFL. His first, first EFL, EFL one. Yeah. 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 And. Um, we're slowly seeing him adapt to League One football, the pace of League One football. I know he came off on, on the weekend, but we're, he's building his confidence, he's building his stamina. And that trio, okay, Joe Morrell gets a yellow card here and there. I spoke to him in my last interview working for the news. He was my last interview and he, he gave me a really in-depth uh, talk about his suspensions and ha- that's how he has to play because of mm. his height. Yeah. I always remember him saying, <laughs> he's four foot no- five foot nothing, he's, he's got to be strong and physical. He's still trying to balance that in his game. Um, and, okay, he did pick up a yellow card the other day when Pompey probably didn't need him to because Lincoln was starting to come at them. And then he's picked up a yellow card and you're thinking, oh, no, not Joe Morrell. But the the trio itself, it's a very good yeah. championship quality midfield. And 
can continue with that and I don't see any problems uh, for Pompey in the set in the centre of the park anytime soon. Keeping a player with potential like Tino Andrin out of the side oh, wow. as well yeah. to, 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 yeah. to be in that kind of position uh, speaks a lot about this Pompey side at the moment. Uh, Mark, on the subject of Joe Morrell and, and, and Pepe is quite right in, in regards to the kind of player he is and the the, 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 the animal that, that John Messina has to unleash with Joe Morrell. And, and yes, we've got to be careful sometimes. We're going to hear a very interesting interview with Joe Morrell speaking to Matt Drabble a few, uh, just last week in just a few moments' time. Do you like having that kind of player with that fight and that energy and that enthusiasm within them? Because, you know... I, 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 you know, I wasn't fortunate enough to be around and watching football in the eighties and nineties. It was really hard hitting, and and people say, yeah, that was proper football. But I think Joe Morrell, if if anyone you could compare it to, really epitomises that kind of character, and it, it's one that a lot of fans do miss. Do you, do you like having that kind of player in the centre of the park? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's a, he is an absolute warrior, isn't he? I think when you talk about um, not seeing the 80s and 90s, you just remind me how old I am. But um, I, I didn't do, mean you to do mate, that, Mark. <laughs> but you may, you're, you're going to help me out here. I'm sure Pompey fans will be, um, uh, will be, will be quick on the uh, uh, on the button here. We had um, during those odd years when we um, were in the Premiership and we had our Russian connections. Uh, we had uh, a, a Russian sort of central defensive midfielder, didn't we? Who came in and acted as a sort of Hoover. He played for the uh, for the Russian team, uh, Russian national team as well. Uh, who was that again? I can't remember. Um, um, just having a bit of a Google search, if I'm honest. <laughs> well, well, I think come back and tell me in a second. Yeah. Um, but um, he didn't play that many for us. I think he started off. He was at Chelsea, I think, and came on loan to us. Um, he reminds me a little of him. He was a bit of a half pint as well, but. Um, had wonderful composure, could win the ball, was tough in the uh, in the challenge. And of course, you need a player like that in the side. And Joe Morales is worth his weight in gold. It is a shame he gets sent off. But I, I, I hear what Pepe is saying. He's not going to take that out of his game because it's a part of how he plays. I mean, I, I used to um, teach a, a chap called... Um, uh, been a, a teacher in my day job, teacher chap called Sam Hutchinson, who ended up playing for Sheffield Wednesday, mm. got sent off lots, but was a fan favourite because you knew that he was he was going to either win or get carried off yeah. in every single uh, 50-50 challenge. You know, he put his put his um, his soul on the line, and 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 I think that fans do rise to that. Of course, you you have a team full like that, you're not necessarily going to have um, a lot of balance. You're going to win a lot of 50-50s. You might not create an awful lot, but I think he's quite good going forward as well. Yeah. So it's great. Let's praise him for being a warrior. But actually. He can find, he can pick a pass, and his interplay is fantastic. He doesn't get forward and score a lot of goals, but he'll often be part of um, those those intricate moves that lead to an opportunity. Yeah. So I think he's got more or less everything to his game, and um, and, and yeah, he is he's probably the toughest tackling mm. uh, man we've got in the middle. Uh, Alexi Smertin. Is that the there name? you go, Alexi Smertin. I, I bet there was loads of people at home calling that out. <laughs> uh, apologies, my memory's going in my old age. That's why I can remember a bit of the 80s and 90s. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, from, from Chelsea in 2003. Yeah, season-long loan at Pompey from, from Stanford Bridge, Alexi Smertin, the, uh, yeah. the, the Russian midfielder back in the early noughties, um, as, as Mark's alluding to there. Um, right, it is time now to hear that interesting, really interesting conversation with our very own Matt Drabble. He caught up with Blues midfielder Joe Morrell last week and Matt Asper, Welsh international, about his recent comments in the media suggesting that he and the team around him at Pompey still have another gear to add and continue to build on their great start to the season. Yeah, exactly. I think that's something that we're all in the dressing room room keen on doing I think we're not settling for this now I think we don't want to let this start go to waste which is what we did last year we undid all of our good work at the start of the season in the middle of the season and um, under no illusions that that's going to be the case this year I think we're in a better place this year to, to deal with adversity 
which perhaps we weren't last year. Um, I think the personality, the mentality, the squad is a really good place this year on top of the quality that we have. But, you know, we know there's a long way to go. We haven't won anything yet. You don't win anything in September. You know, we want to be in this position in late April, May, and then we'll be excited. What's your relationship like with Marlon Pack? You seem so in sync, which allowed Alex Robertson to get forward more and express himself. Yeah, I mean, I have a great relationship with Marlon. You know, probably comes from off the field as well. I've known him for a long time, played with him when I was a young player at Bristol City. And I think it's just the way that the manager wants us to play as well. I think maybe at the start of the season we played with Marlon and then two eights, which was me and Lowers. But I feel like now we've probably played as two sixes, which I think allows us to play a lot closer together, to be a lot more connected. And that's something that the manager and the coaching staff are really keen on us being and I feel really comfortable. I think we can complement each other well. We uh, both have a similar understanding of, of each other's games and that always helps. And yeah, we, we can cover each other's weaknesses, I think, which is always good in a partnership. Um, you know, I've got plenty of weaknesses. Marlon's obviously got weaknesses, maybe not as many as me, but um, yeah, he's it's, it's someone I really, really enjoy playing with and I feel like that connection is only going to get stronger, hopefully. Have you seen your role on and off the pitch adapt since arriving initially? I think on the pitch, I've got to play a lot of different roles within the position. I've obviously played for two different managers who expect and want two different things from you. And so that's changed in that regard. I mean, my role, and posi- my role within the position changes on a game-by-game basis. I never play the same game, really. I think off the pitch, I'm, you know, I'm 26 years old and by no means old. But I feel like I'm a relatively senior player in this group now. And so that obviously brings a bit more responsibility, but something I'm happy with and something I'm comfortable with. And it's just about, yeah, like trying to get yourself in order, of course, to play your best game, but then also trying to influence others in a positive way. Um, and I feel that's something that I'm, I'm more comfortable with, for sure. You are a tenacious player. That does come with attention from referees. How do you strike that balance during games? It can be a difficult one and, of course, something I've, I've struggled with end of last season and I wouldn't say particularly this year. Um, obviously, I got sent off a couple of weeks ago, which was disappointing, but, you know, they're the ones that I can kind of live with. I think for me now, going forward and obviously looking in hindsight, now the ones I'm disappointed with is anything that really stupid things. The MK Dons one was a really difficult one for me to, to deal with after that. I was so annoyed. You know, I got plenty of criticism and I completely understand that for good reason. And, of course, you're harsh on yourself in those moments as well. And I can't lose the edge to my game. You know, I have to be intense. I have to be horrible for opposition players to play against. I think my my biggest nightmare is for an opposition player to say to someone, oh, I love playing against him. That is my worst fear in football. But of course, you have to find that balance. You have to pick up cards when they're necessary and not for the sake of it. Obviously, that's a bit more difficult this year with, with the new rules. But something I'm working really, really hard to try and do. And um, Because ultimately, I want to play every game I can this year. You've spoken about those disappointments and those criticisms. How do you bounce back from those? Uh, and what does your process look like after something like that does happen, after a, perhaps a suspension or, or a card you felt was unnecessary? Oh, listen, it's part of life. You know, I'm, I've got a job. I'm lucky that my job means so much to so many people. Obviously, that comes with the downsides as well. You're going to get criticised, but I'd much rather be criticised and no one care about me or know what I was doing. Obviously, that makes it sometimes more difficult to deal with, but... You know, for me, I'm the harshest critic I possibly can be. I'm sure I'll miss being criticised or people telling me I'm rubbish when I'm sat in my rocking chair at 50, 60 or maybe a bit older. So I try and enjoy it as best I can. Like I said, I know when I've had a good game. I know when I've been stupid. I know when I've had a bad game. And, of course, the manager and then the coaching staff know that as well and they're really good at making sure that, that you know when, when one of those is, is the case. But like I said, it's, I'm lucky to do something that, that a lot of people care about and... I think when that's not the case, my life won't be the same for sure. 
the fans see you as someone that gets what it means to play for Pompey. What do you think about your game and your personality as seeing you slot in so well at this club? If, if people say that, then it's, it's fantastic. I, it's something I, I enjoy hearing because it's the truth. I really, really do enjoy playing here. I love playing here. I said I needed a home in football when I signed for Pompey and I've definitely found that almost three years later. And yeah, I, maybe I am a bit of a fan on the pitch. Like you said, I, I try and be intense and... And to leave my all out there every game, I think that should be the minimum expectation. I feel like as a club now, we're getting towards everybody being that. And I think this year, that's what you've seen on the pitch, maybe not in the past. But I think it probably just comes down to, to me really, really enjoying being here. And like you said, when you when you go out in front of 18,000 here at Fratton Park or on the road, when, you, when you've got packed out away and it feels like a home end, it's not that difficult to be motivated. And I knew that was going to be the case before I signed it because I'd played here and I knew what the club was about maybe I didn't know how important it was to the people here but for me it's um it's a privilege to play for this football club it should be a privilege for everybody and I feel I feel like this year that is the case there we are then Joe Morrell speaking to Matt Drabble uh, last week about the kind of player he is and, and just yeah Pepe just just hearing from Joe Morrell and you mentioned it before we just heard that interview with Matt you've spoken to Morrell on a couple of opportunities mentioning the, the, the kind of player he is and unfortunately can't get rid of that and, and whilst at times it can be frustrating seeing those little yellow cards picked up and of course suspensions it from time to time do you think that the, the pros and the benefits that you get from a, a player like Joe Morrell out of the way potentially the negatives and the cons that you get from him. Yeah. Sometimes it can work well for Pompey. Sometimes it can't. Like, worked well against Peterborough when he picked up a yellow card and then he did a needless tackle, picked up another yellow card and then Pompey, although they were 3-1 up and sitting comfortable, that final 16 minutes, 8 minutes and then 8 minutes of added time was not very nice. Um, So, again, I refer to my interview with him. He was... He said he's trying to cut down on it, not get rid of it from his game, just cut it down. Yeah. And seeing things when it picking up a needless second yellow, that sort of needs to try and get that out of your game. But it's not going to come instantaneous, instantaneously for him. He's obviously been doing it his whole career. But having a player like that in your ranks um, is so good. It, a good, very good box to box midfielder. He can run for the full ninety and more. Mm. Yes, he can get pick up a needless yellow, but he does it for the good of the team and a lot of the time that does outweigh outweigh the uh, negatives and you look at Joe Murray in League One if you had the opportunity to sign him you'd go for it as a yeah. League One player he is so good um, on the ball off the ball and it's just a, good to see a player like that and a player who plays for Pompey yeah. and breathes Pompey lives, breathes and loves Pompey he loves it and he wants to get promoted with Pompey and it would just be a dream come true at the end of the season that he was there <laughs> and Sabsy come and lifting the trophy. Oh, I can dream. <laughs> I can dream. Uh, speaking about living, breathing Pompey, living, breathing Portsmouth Football Club, having blue within your veins, it is now competition time. Are you a massive Pompey fan? Have you ever wanted to own a big part of the football club's history? Well, now you can. With thanks to the very kind people over at the Pompey History Society, we are giving away a copy of the official history, Portsmouth FC, celebrating 125 years. This is a limited edition book, and it can be yours if you text the word EXPRESS followed by WIN125 to 81400. Express WIN125 to 81400. The winner will be announced on the Football Hour on Monday the 2nd of October. This is the Football Hour.
on Express FM. Yes, very, very exciting. You can be the recipient, the winner of a limited edition copy of your new history book next, uh, which in October this, or just in the next couple, couple of days, is launched to mark the club's 125th anniversary. It celebrates mainly the ups and the occasional downs of what is the most successful club on the South Coast. It is being published by um, long-term club partners Bishop's Printers. It's 424 pages. It's a hardback. It's described as a coffee table book and it is entitled The Official History of Portsmouth Football Club, celebrating 125 years. It's been pulled together by a team of authors as well as a number of other contributors as well to produce what has been described again as the most comprehensive history of the club published to date. There have been just 1,898 other books created, of course, to chime with the year the club was founded, and more than a 1,000 have already been sold to subscribers in a, in a special edition of a book, the subscriber's copy. The copies that are going to be sold on October the 2nd, which is when the book launches, will cost £40. They'll be on a first-come, first-served basis. Um, and yes, there have been more than 200 of those remaining 800 snapped up with pre-orders over the past few weeks. The remaining to go on sale from Monday, the 2nd of October, when the book officially launches. I'd like to send a big thank you to those at Portsmouth Football Club, the Pompey History Society, in particular as well, Colin Farmery, for providing us with this fantastic prize. All you have to do, Blues fans, to be in with a chance of winning a limited edition copy of this Pompey 125 book is text the words express win 125 to 81400. That's express followed by win 125 to 81400. T's and C's over at expressfm.com. The winner will be picked at random when the football hour returns on Monday, the 2nd of October at six o'clock we're also going to have one of the authors of the book johnny moore on the show with us to talk about the book and give us a bit of a background into it as well so yes very very exciting time to be a pompey fan and with the launch of this book coming up um just very quickly mark before we do sort of move on to, to the next part of the show we, we've spoken there about the book and, and how pompey fans can get their hands on this um this is another real cog in, in what is the club's 125th anniversary season and what a way to celebrate but the book truly does look fantastic yeah absolutely yeah, i'm really excited about that i haven't managed to get my hands on a copy yet but uh, um I, I absolutely will do and i think it's lovely that this is coupled with that uh, statue of jimmy dickinson and uh, it's about time we had that statue as well I know, I know you were super excited about it and i'm sorry i'm throwing questions back to you um because <laughs> yeah. i haven't seen it yet Who, i wasn't there hosting this show, Mark? I watched it online <laughs> i'm sorry about this it's all it's all upside down isn't it but um no, what did you right. think about the statue if we can um yeah just get your thoughts on that phenomenal <laughs> yeah no it was brilliant and um i, I think uh, douglas jennings the sculptor of the statue um who was tasked with creating it we heard him on monday's edition of the show we had a, an, an interview with him he spoke about how he was really involved in the background was speaking to and meeting the family going to jimmy's old home in alton um meeting with his son andrew and the rest of the, the gang there as well and really getting to know the background of jimmy dickinson not not just to look at pictures and sculpt the statue just based upon what you can see on a couple of images but to actually really do that deep diving research and i think in doing that the, the statue really is brought to life and it, it encapsulates the spirit of jimmy dickinson it is not just saying this with blue tinted glasses on, um, but it, it, it 
genuinely looks fantastic. It, it, it's, it's faultless. It's some, really some amazing. Some people have been comparing it to um, a certain statue in Southampton. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and ours is definitely the best. Absolutely. Um, I, but but what a, what a great couple of things to have mm. in one week. You know, we've got the book, we've got the, we've got the statue. It, it does feel like a one two five, and it's the fans, um, and uh, you know, and these and these wonderful reporters and writers that are driving it. Yeah. Okay. Um, whilst we're on the subject, of course, um, of, of people really encapsulating the the Pompey spirit, we, we've spoken there about the Pompey One Two Five book. Um, we, we've spoken, of course, about Jimmy Dickinson. Uh, Mark's alluding to there and really giving their that their heart and their rule to, to Portsmouth Football Club. Of course, Joe Morrell hearing from him a few moments ago as well. Um, just want to mention um, Zach Swanson, uh, another player who we've seen. Um, since he arrived at the club, it has given his all to Pompey, but but no, none more so, or uh, none more so than in the last couple of weeks. He played, of course, at Derby County away at Pryor Park um, just about a fortnight ago in that one-all draw with the Rams. At the time, um, of course, us as Pompey fans were um, unknown as to what was going on in, in Zach's personal life. Um, he missed the games at Barnsley and, of course, last week's match with Lincoln City at Fratton Park. It's been revealed this week by our friend and colleague Andy Moon from BBC Radio Solent, who, with Zach's permission, John Bassino revealed to him um, that he missed those two matches that we just alluded to after, very sadly, his mother um, had passed away last week. So just on behalf of uh, us here on the station tonight, but uh, um, across the team here on Express FM and the wider Pompeian footballing community, we send our, our love and our best regards to Zach Swanson, his, his friends and family as well. And um, yeah, it was, it was terribly, terribly sad time. Um, also reported by by Andy Moon that Swanson very bravely played away at Derby, knowing that his mother only had a few days to live. So um, to, to to do that just, just it shows the kind of guy that, that Zach Swanson is. Really didn't have to do that at all, of, of course. But yeah, um, just, just while we're here, our, our, our best love and our, our best wishes to um, to Zach Swanson and his family at this very sad time. Um, Pepe, just on the back of that, you know, this this part of the show has been speaking about the, the kind of people that are involved at Portsmouth Football Club and how they they do encapsulate the spirit of Pompey and for Zach Swanson at the time to to play away at Derby. Of course, Pompey were missing Joe Rafferty, but the fans weren't to know at the time what was going on with Zach Swanson behind the scenes. Um, but to still really bravely play him that much, knowing what was going on um, in his personal life, really shows the kind of guy he is. He's a top guy. Um, our heart goes out to him and his family of course like you mentioned he's a top bloke he's a very good genuine person um, and I wasn't there at Derby but I was told and everyone on, uh, on Twitter said how good he was on the day how good Zach Swanson was it was probably up there with one of his best performances since joining in 2022 obviously he had that really outstanding performance against Tottenham back in January yep. but in the league that was probably the best sack Swanson we've seen um, and John Messino came out after, or the other day said it, Zach Swanson would have started or been in the squad at least uh, at Barnsley um, still it, with his mum unwell obviously and that's just testament to who he is as a person mm. the fact he still didn't know how long his mum had but still wanted to play at Barnsley, putting the team for putting the team first. Sorry, and it just shows the characters that are in this squad. They are willing to put the the squad above their personal life, really. And hmm. unfortunately, it, it came at the worst. It's come at the worst time. He was really cementing his himself at right back. Um, he played three outstanding games um, in Joe Rafferty's absence, and 
Derby was probably the best of a lot of them. Um, so fingers crossed he can come back um, and we can really see the best of Zach Swanson again yeah. because that Derby game, from what I heard and from what everybody said across the Pompey fan base was that was his best performance. And from the reaction on social media, it's been an outpouring of love for him and yeah. we don't expect anything less from Pompey fans. That's that's who they are. Yeah. The reaction that he'll receive at Wigan or the next time he plays or the next time we see him will be very wholesome and it will, it will be just testament to who Pompey fans are yeah. and yeah our heart goes out to him and in this difficult time but I'm sure he'll bounce back absolutely and of course we all want um, Zach Swanson to be to be back and involved not just sort of just to be on the pitch but to be back in in the frame of the team as well but obviously ho- hoping that um, however long it, it takes for Zach Swanson to come back into the frame whether it's this weekend whether it's uh, in a couple of weekends time or, or however long um, yeah, just just sending once again our, our best wishes and our love to Zach and his family at this difficult moment in time. Right, OK, we'll be returning myself, Mark and Pepe for the conclusion of tonight's Football Hour in just a few moments' time. Please don't go anywhere. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Go by bus. Go greener with Stagecoach. Next stop, a cleaner, greener future. Did you know that if we all ditched the car and switched to a bus just once a month for a year, we'd save the UK 2 million tonnes of CO2? Switch to bus, because by switching, you can make a big difference. Get on board a Stagecoach bus for a cleaner, greener future. For more information, go to switchtobus.com. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Yes, a very good evening and welcome to the third and final part of tonight's edition of the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM. Brought to you by Stagecoach Across the South, whose app you can download now from the Apple app or Google Play Store. Or visit their website, stagecoachbus.com, to find out more information on the services they can provide around you. We've reached the part of a show where we really get down to the final embers of the conversation. And on this part of the show, we come on to preview Pompey's trip to Wigan Athletic tomorrow evening. Express Floor Fillers follows the Football Hour this evening from 7. But before we get to any of that ambi final thoughts of Mark and Pepe, let's take a closer look at this weekend's opponents, the Latics, managed by Sean Maloney. With no midweek fixture for the Blues this time around, we head straight back into Saturday league action. Wigan Athletic poses the opponents for match day number 10 of this Skybet League One campaign. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. Last weekend's 2-1 victory over Lincoln City at Fratton Park marked a 20th successive league game unbeaten for Pompey, who last tasted a league defeat back in March. John Messino will be hoping his side's appetite is still strong for their trip to the DW Stadium. Here's more on a Latic side that has had a mixed start to the new season. Manager Wigan are led by one of their former midfielders, Sean Maloney. The now 40-year-old played for the club between 2011 and 2015, helping them to win the FA Cup against the odds in 2013, defeating Manchester City and added time at Wembley to lift the trophy. Since then, Maloney had gone on to play for Chicago Fire in the United States before returning to England and plying his trade for Hull City, where he hung up his boots in 2017. Before his first managerial appointment at Hibernian in December 2021, Maloney undertook coaching roles at Celtic and the Belgian national team. He was announced as Wigan's new boss in January of this year. Since such time, he has been able to record just nine wins from 28 competitive games in charge. One to watch. You may recognise this name from a match we covered back in August. 20-year-old Marshall Godot is our one to watch this weekend. 
The midfielder only signed for Wigan on a season-long loan on September the 1st, having played at Fratton Park already this campaign in a Papa John's Trophy group stage thriller for the Fulham under-21s. He scored the second of three Fulham goals on that night underneath the floodlights at PO4, and his performance then, as well as in the Premier League 2, clearly caught the attention of Wigan's scouting team. Now representing Velatix by wearing the number 17 shirt, Godot has made two appearances so far, both times named in the starting 11 in respective League One encounters with Cambridge United and Bristol Rovers. Top scorer. With six league goals to his name already in the league this season, 30-year-old Charlie Wyke is currently Wigan's leading scorer. The former Carlisle United, Bradford City and Sunderland man signed for the Latics on a three-year deal in the summer of 2021 scoring his first two goals in a 4-1 victory over Atkinson Stanley on the 18th of September of that same year. His most recent goal was an equaliser against Bristol Rovers in their most recent outing. However, Wigan ended up losing that match. Wyke currently wears the number nine shirt. Current form. It's proving difficult to decipher whereabouts Wigan's fortunes lie this season. Typically, the club tend to do well in the third division given recent experiences at this level, irrespective of whatever off-field trouble they've found themselves in. However, on this occasion, the Latics have so far been deducted eight points this season, meaning they sit in 21st position and therefore the relegation zone, having just five points to their name after eight games played. Although, if you were to reinstate those eight points, Sean Maloney's side would occupy 11th place. Last time out, Wigan were defeated by four goals to one away at Bristol Rovers, that result meant the club had lost three of its previous four outings in the league. The only league win they have collected since the 19th of August was a 2-1 victory over Cambridge United a fortnight ago. So can the Blues extend their impressive unbeaten league streak to 21 games and retain their spot at the top of the league table? Find out and catch all of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. A closer look into Wigan Athletic there than uh, this week's opponents for Pompey match day number 10 at the DW Stadium. The Blues, of course, still unbeaten in the league this season. Um, they say all things, Pepe, come, all good things come to an end. Hopefully this isn't going to be that weekend. And, and potentially, hopefully, it's not going to come to an end this season. You never know. Pompey could go 46 league games unbeaten in the league and, and get a golden trophy at the end of it. But um, how much do the Blues really have to be on top of their game against a very unpredictable Wigan side tomorrow? Like I mentioned earlier in the show, if they weren't um, didn't have their points deductions, um, they'd be mid-table, and they'd, they'd beat Bolton four 0 like you mentioned, and they'd be a very difficult side. You'd look at their you look at their team; they've just come down from the championship, and there's still plenty of championship um, quality players with Charlie White um, to name one. So it's not going to be an easy test for Pompey. We're going to definitely going to play expansive foot with the size of the DW Stadium compared to Fratton Park. Um, it is so much different, but there's still, what, 1,500, 1,600 Pompey fans, mm. myself included, making that journey up there. <laughs> so fingers crossed it doesn't come to an end last year because I don't want to say anything, but Pompey lost their 10th game last year in League One oh, um, playing away go. to Ipswich. Oh. I don't want to be the bearer of bad news. Um, but it could, <laughs> could also be the um, debut of the pink salmon kit. Yep. yep. Uh, so, fingers crossed, that isn't unlucky. Um, <laughs> I'm also going to be in the away end, and I'm unlucky. Um, but no. You Pom- said you weren't going to mention it. <laughs> I'd, yeah, but then it came out. So <laughs> If Pompey lose tomorrow, it's Pepe's fault, Blues <laughs> fans. You heard it here. <laughs> Absolutely not. But no, uh, if Pompey can come away with a solid result, um, I think they'd be happy with that. Yep. Having continuing their unbeaten run, uh, unbeaten in September against a really tough opposition um, 
10 games unbeaten as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, fingers crossed it doesn't come to an end tomorrow no. because I don't want to be getting up at <laughs> half past six to see Pompey lose, no. but I'm there for it, so... And, and Mark, I hope you've got a bit of a, a more positive outlook on oh, tomorrow's I'm always game. positive. No, I'm always positive, I'm, I'm, I'm going to fake Pepe's <laughs> Mark down. He's been too... Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but on a more positive note, Mark, just looking at the reports from sort of through the week from um, from, from Andy Moon and, and those of the Ports of News as well, looking at the, the injury scope, something we spoke about in, in the first and second part of tonight's show. Cassini mm. Yengi nearing a return to training on the grass, potentially a return for him in the next maybe two or three weeks. Um, Christian Sadie as well nearing a return for Pompey Mark looking ahead to tomorrow do you think John Bacino's got a little bit of a selection headache or, or as a Pompey fan looking at what's happened over the last few weeks on the pitch do you think maybe he should go unchanged I think that it's um, fair to say we have we have actually at last touch wood um, got the sort of squad we've been looking for for a long time with strength and depth and there aren't those sort of holes that we uh, maybe saw in previous seasons. I think that Hughes has done a phenomenal job alongside uh, Massinho and the um, uh, the directors at the club, making sure that we've got the personnel. And I, I just I don't have um, any worries at all. I'd carry on the same. It's a twenty game streak, but it is lovely to have characters like Sadie and Yengi coming back who who can make a difference and have a different way of playing. And for me, Sadie against Peterborough in that League Cup game where we lost was phenomenal. I mean, his goal was beautifully mm. taken. He's so strong. I was surprised he was injured. I thought bullets would bounce off him. Um, but Yengi as well is, is another one. He's a strong lad who offers something different. Mm. And I think it's about variety um, it, and it gives him options, but nothing's going to displace the Bishop. I think he's uh, he's exceptional. But he, yeah. he, his opposite number, of course, who Pepe's already, already alluded to, is going to be an absolute handful and, and probably Paul's biggest challenge so far this season and that's Charlie White yeah. and, and I see I see there being goals at both ends 100% yeah uh, looking at the fixtures for tomorrow then Barnsley host Blackpool at Oakwell Derby County take on Cambridge United Exeter City what a uh, start to the season they've had this season also through to the next round of the Carabao Cup they take on Northampton Town at St James's Park Fleetwood Town play host to Leighton Orient Lincoln City are at home to Cheltenham Town Peterborough United versus Bristol Rovers Bolton Wanderers travel to Port Vale Burton away at Reading, Shrewsbury host Charlton, Stevenage against Oxford United, Wickham at home to Carlisle United, and of course our feature game here on the Football Hour and Pompey Live is Wigan Athletic versus Portsmouth at the DW Stadium. It is time now for score predictions. Keith on the emails is going for a one-all draw. Steve on Facebook reckons this is going to finish 2-1 in favour of the Blues, but it is the thoughts of my guests I want to hear tonight. First of all, can we please get the score prediction of yourself, Mark Coates? I think it's going to be similar to Barnsley. I see goals all over the pitch. I think it's going to be 3-2 Pompey. 3-2 Pompey. Mark, thank you very much. Uh, Pepe, what do you reckon, my friend? I was on 4-0 last week and predicted a 2-1 win. So I'm going to go 3-1 Pompey. 3-1 Pompey. When I'm we always got... positive, Jake. You're always positive. I'm always of course positive. you are. <laughs> you got the prediction right last week, so hopefully you can continue up that vein of form this weekend. Um, I'm going to go for a similar result to last week. I'm going to go for a 2-1 Pompey win. Confident. Quietly confident, but confident. Right, Pompey take on Wigan Athletic in their next fixture. Then Skybet League One football returns. There was no midweek fixture this week for the Blues, but after tomorrow's game at the DW Stadium, the matches are coming thick and fast. But match day number 10 is on the horizon and you can catch all of the unmissable action when Pompey Live returns tomorrow afternoon from 2 o'clock with Robbie James and Kirsty Roxanne. All the unmissable action. This is... Pompey live. Portsmouth remain top of League One. Dieter one to the far post. Ball into the net. And Regan Paul scores against his former 
club. He seemed to hang in the air forever, and eventually the ball met his forehead. Thoughts for two, Lincoln one. Next up, they travel to Wigan Athletic. Join us for all of the unmissable action tomorrow from two. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. That's right, I'm off tomorrow, but you've got the company of Robbie James and my replacement for this weekend, the very capable Kirsty Roxanne on Pompey Live tomorrow afternoon from 2 o'clock to provide full coverage of Pompey's trip to Wigan Athletic in League One. Match day number 10 for the Blues this season, who will be looking to maintain their position at the top of the table and potentially extend their current unbeaten league run to 21 matches. What a phenomenal achievement that could be. Pompey Live tomorrow on your radios from 2 o'clock. But coming up tonight here on Express FM, after the news at 7 o'clock, we've got nothing but Express floor fillers right away from 7 through to 11, which is when we've then got Express hits from 11 through to the early hours of Saturday morning. On Saturday morning from 8, Ian McGuinness wakes you up with Saturday breakfast. Covering for Lily Park from 11 through till 2 is the wonderful Josh Bowness. He'll be keeping you up to date with what's going on around Portsmouth as well. The tiny quiz and great songs between 11 and 2 o'clock, which is when Pompey Live returns for all of that unmissable action of Blue's trip to Wigan Athletic. If you missed any part of tonight's show, visit our website expressofeven.com forward slash podcast or go to the Apple, Google Podcasts apps and even Spotify where you can download tonight's edition and previous editions of the show as well. But until next time, Blues fans, thank you for listening. This has been the Football Hour. Take care, have a fantastic weekend and good night.